This episode, handyman Dustin James from Odd Jobs of Bowling Green. In the recent tornadoes in Bowling Green, Dustin James went to work at no charge clearing trees and brush. We thought it would be a great interview, and so we decided to have him on the show. Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help save you time, money, and aggravation on your home maintenance and repair. This edition is entitled Handyman Dustin James from Odd Jobs of Bowling Screen. To help me explain, I'm here with my ever-cheerful co-host and old buddy John. John, what has been happening with you this week? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, not uh, not a lot. Everybody knows that this is kind of our the holiday week here. Um, and, um, you know, I when, when you tell me about uh, Dustin, I can't wait. We're going to be rolling out there to, to Bowling Green to, to have a nice discussion with uh, with Dustin. So I'm, I'm really looking forward uh, to that. All right. Well, John, that's a perfect segue with our episode with Dustin. And here it is. We're here with Dustin. Dustin, welcome. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks hey, for having me. You're 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 uh, you're welcome, and thanks and thanks for uh, for joining us, Dustin. Yeah. So we came on you, Dustin, because you you actually did a Facebook post out there asking for money for a new chainsaw because you were working uh, cleaning up the tornado damage in Bowling Green. Can you tell us that story? Tell us about the damage. Tell us like give us. You told me you're you're very very close. Like you were like what three quarters of a mile from there. Tell us kind of give us the whole perspective, the whole picture of what went on in that horrific tornado. Uh, episode that happened in Bowling Green. Sure. Um, yeah. So me and my family, we were very, very fortunate. Um, you know, we, we live less than a mile from where it really came through the heart of our town. Um, but we woke up at one thirty in the morning. Thank, thank God our, uh, our phones just started making that awful tornado warning sound. It woke us both up at one thirty. Uh, of course, you know, I'm from the, the South, uh, this we're in the side of Tornado Alley, so tornadoes and warnings certainly are nothing new to us, and more often than not, nothing ever happens. Um, so she, you know, as a, a wife, and we have two small children in the next room, would do. She started to panic a little bit, and I'm more of the laid back, and was just like, oh, I'm just gonna watch it. It's fine. She, of course, she wants to go wake the kids up and take them to the bathroom. Uh, we live in a small ranch house with, you know, every room in the house has a window, uh, but we have a 1960s bathroom that has never been remodeled. So, you know, the mop, the towel or the mortar behind that stuff is this. Yeah, there's concrete. an inch of concrete so there. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to go put them in the, in the cast iron bathtub and figure it would be okay. But she wanted to, uh, you know, go ahead and do that. And of course, I'm the, the typical man. Like, no, it's going to be fine. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm still watching it, watching the radar, and uh, you know, five, ten minutes into it, I can start to feel, feel like a rumble. You can hear that train sound that they talk about, and uh, you know, it was the first time you realize that no, it's it's really happening to your town this time. Uh, and so we got the kids in the bathroom, and you know, you can you could hear it. It wasn't like obviously what the people three quarters of a mile from us were going through, uh, but you could hear the sound of it. It was wild. Um, so after it passes, you know, our power had gone out, but we still had our phones. Um, so we're on internet, on social media, of course, and just seeing all the people start to go outside and flood, you know, what's happened. And there's reports of 
we we live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, right? So it's a home of the National Corvette Museum and the Corvette plant. That's where the Corvette's made. Uh, and there starts to be reports that the whole plant's on fire and the museum's on fire and all this stuff. And none of that t- turned out to be completely true. It was a small fire. But uh, we just were awake, you know, listening and watching all the, uh, the damage reports come in. You know, five o'clock rolls around and we're still both wide awake. Our kids, thankfully, had gone back to sleep. Uh, that was fantastic. They're three years old. We have twin boys. Uh, so that was wild that they actually went back to sleep for that. Um, but five o'clock rolls around, and uh, I'm just you know, thankful, thanking God that I'm still there. That we're still here. We're fine, and nothing's happened. I can see outside there's no damage in our neighborhood, really. Um, and then you start to see the pictures of people in daylight, and what's happened just down the street from you. Um, and it's really hard to look at. And so my immediate first response was, you know, I started to see some people that I knew that were also in the industry saying things like, you know, give such and such a call if you need anything, this and that and the other. And I wanted to make it very clear that I wasn't looking for money for anything. Like I'm here to volunteer, contact me, let me know where I can be of service to you. That was the kind of the post that I made originally. Uh, and you know, Tons and tons of people just let me know what they could do or what they could help or where I could help. And if you've never, Dustin, this is John, if you've never been through anything like that, you know, tell everybody what that, I mean, that is, how long did it actually last, you know, um, and and the feeling that you get? Uh, I, I haven't been directly hit, but, you know, I, I remember growing up and it was it, it was pretty nasty in, in, the, in storms like that. Um, you know, I've got uh, relatives and stuff going through hurricanes, and but let everybody know, you know, how that how that really kind of does affect you there for um, what seems to be an eternity, right? Yeah, uh, when you can finally start to hear the rumble of it, and you can feel like a subtle shaking of our house. You know, I can't imagine what it was like to be right next to it, um, but you start to feel the power of what this thing is, and realize that. You know, you're thankful that your house is still standing here, but if it comes this way, there's nothing you can do. Um, and it's just, uh, it's terrifying. You know, there's no other word for it. It's terrifying to think about what that could do to your family. Yeah, and and uh, and along those lines, now that you know everybody is is you know that lost every you know lost just about everything they have. Um, yeah. You know, thank thank goodness that that you know this many people lived. Um, but um, you know, it, as terrifying as it is, it's nice to have people like yourself out there to you know chip in and start to and start to help and start to uh, you know make the you know the, the the this healing process start. Yeah. Did Did you I mean, start we, that morning? Did you start right that morning straight away? Um, I think by nine o'clock, nine thirty, I was out um, out with my chainsaw. Yeah. Um, they were kind of the, the police department and the fire department went on a Facebook live because nobody had cable. There, there was no, uh, no way to watch television or anything like that. So they were doing everything through social media. Uh, and they were kind of telling people to stay away because, uh, you know, it's like a train wreck happened. Everybody wants to go see what's going on. They, they didn't personally get affected, but they want to see it. Uh, and so they were trying to deter that. And I was trying to determine, you know, I'm not a large scale contractor. I'm not a guy with a team of heavy equipment. I'm just a, a handyman with a chainsaw and some other, you know, hand tools and stuff. Am I the person that they're saying it's okay to come down here and help out or am I not? And after, 
you know, seeing enough people uh, showing the damage, and I just couldn't watch it anymore. So I <laughs> kind of said, the hell with that. I, I don't care. I'm going to go figure it out. I, I'll make somebody tell me that I have to leave. Uh, I'm going to go do something. And so we yeah. got I was going to say, Go it's ahead. amazing how, it's, Dustin, it's amazing how, you know, uh, one person can change um, a lot of things. Let's just put it, put it that way. Um, you know, in, in, these, in these kind of, th- uh, you know, when people step up like that, and especially all the handymen out there that are listening to this podcast, you know, you have a lot of good skills. Um, and, you know, this is the time, and these are the kind of times to deploy those skills. Yeah, Absolutely. As I always say, a, a good handyman yes. with a truck and a chainsaw can do an awful lot. You know? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, it's uh, it, it's really good. So, so you worked. You worked the. How many days did you actually work? When did you actually make the post about burning? When did you burn up your chainsaw? I guess I want to say. Uh, so I used it the next day after I had realized I damaged it, uh, but it was the Saturday. Yeah, it was the Saturday after it all happened. Um, or maybe it was Sunday. I don't know. It was it, all, all very confusing. <laughs> a lot of uh, wood got cut. It just kind of went in circles. Um, it was either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I was helping. There was an alley. So basically what we were trying to do was anywhere there wasn't um, somebody already working, you know, the power company could only get to where they could get to put up. There were so many poles down that, you know, they could focus on one area and be there for several days uh, but they couldn't also handle moving trees and stuff out of the way and put the lines back up so we were trying to go ahead of them and kind of clear out the way so they could get down some of these side streets and alleys around the houses and the residential areas so that they could mm-hmm. begin to put the power lines back up so i was kind of just working this one alley between a school and a main road um, with you know a handful of other guys and just you know five or six large large trees down in this this one small section and uh, you know I had a 16 inch steel chainsaw but you know <laughs> I got every bit of every bit of it it had it, it gave <laughs> uh, you and know, it we're gave cutting through, we're, we're cutting through 24 inch you know logs here it's solid oak you know old hundred hundred year old trees and stuff so wow. We did now, what we could. No, yeah. The, the, now you posted you posted a bunch of those pictures. Larry, is that where is that where you uh, where yeah, you found that, those that's, on Facebook? Yep. That's where I found them. Yeah, yep. that one that I posted yeah. with the the request to that group asking for uh, if anybody wanted to donate because basically I had seen so many people talking about wanting to come down and help, and I had been in it for for a couple of days now and knew that. We were flooded with people volunteering and like, yes, we need help, but we were going to need more help in a couple of days or weeks, not necessarily tomorrow. And so I knew that I was already in it and had been exposed to what what we were doing. And, you know, I had just torn up the one tool that I had. <laughs> so I had the thought, hey, if you guys really want to pitch in, here's a direct way you can make an impact. I'm working. I'm doing this. I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to get a free tool out of this and charge people to use it. I'm just have killed the tool that I was using for the last couple of days doing this. So if you guys really want to help, you know, there's 3,000 people in that group. So I kind of figured if I could get a couple hundred of them to give me a dollar, you know, I could get a chainsaw and get back to work. Uh, and that was kind of the, the thought that I had behind it. And then, of course, you know, 
it didn't necessarily go that way. I had, uh, you know, a handful, 30 or so odd people that were just very generous. And, uh, you know, as a grown man, I'll admit I cried several times that day. How many people that had nothing and knew nothing about me gave me a substantial amount of money. And, you know, I got back to work. Well, that's uh, that's quite a story. Yeah. It, it's you really know, it, it's really great that the industry came together because and I'm glad you put it out there, too, because it was just kind of one of those things that that, you know, you got to help a brother in need. Right. I mean, that's what it is. So and you were doing great work. Now, you actually collected more money than you um, than you needed for your saw. Correct. So tell this tell that part of the story as well. What you did with the overage. Right. So I took my saw to a local repair shop. And while I was. Uh, awaiting the bad news <laughs> that it was pretty much done. Uh, I was looking around at other saws and thinking about how, you know, these trees that we're cutting up are, you know, the foot, two foot in diameter or more. And the city had said, you know, if you can get everything to the street, we're going to have the FEMA disaster relief or whoever that they hired to come through with these large collection trucks. They're going to take it all away for free. And more than that, they don't want you to cut it up and haul it away because apparently they want to weigh it. And if you, like, based on weight, that's how much money you get from FEMA. I don't know how that all works. But anyway, I knew that if we didn't get it to the street, then these homeowners that, you know, maybe didn't even have any damage to their house were still going to have to file an insurance claim or show out, you know, 500 to $1,500 just to get the stump cut up or, like, the trunk cut up by a tree company and moved uh, because no – volunteer had a, a saw that was going to take these things down you know you needed a professional chainsaw uh so i'm staring at this thing I'm like you know if i could reach out to my group you know, i can run that thing it's no different to run a bigger chainsaw it's just a bigger chainsaw if anything it's kind of like the difference between using a sharp knife and a dull knife uh, you're less likely to hurt yourself with a sharp knife than you are a dull one because it just cuts through like butter mm-hmm so I, you know, I found one that I thought was going to do the job, and it was uh, just under a thousand dollars. I knew it was going to be a little bit more than that with taxes and oil and not whatnot. But I figured, you know, I could pitch in my own portion of it. So I put it out on the group. Hey, I found this chainsaw. If I can get nine hundred and fifty dollars, let's do it. You know, I'll go back to work and I'll start cutting up these large trunks and we'll save a bunch save people a bunch of money we'll help get these things out of the street faster you know all those things and uh, by I, I think I posted that at like six o'clock that night and you know by nine the next morning uh, I was at nine hundred dollars so fifty dollars away from the goal uh, and uh, near the end of it Oh, well, at, at that point, I said, hey, if you find this post at this point, I'm just going to cover the rest of the cost. If you find this post past a certain time and you still want to donate to this cause, go ahead and do it. Send it to my Venmo, and I, I'm just going to buy gift cards and give it to the people uh, that need it. You know, I'm here. I see where it can go. Don't donate it to the Red Cross. You know, they do a great work, but sometimes that money doesn't necessarily go back to the company or to the community. Uh, I'm literally next to these families cutting up their trees in their yard like i'll give them a gift card i'll take a picture so you know that i'm not just somebody taking your money uh uh, we'll we can make a direct contribution and uh by like 11 o'clock i was at uh, like 1600 dollars or something like that 
it was incredible. Yeah. And so I've done it. I got a bunch of gift cards together and uh, a family that, you know, total loss on their house had to move, you know, right before Christmas and whatnot. You know, we gave them $300 in Walmart gift cards and a couple other families. It was pretty special. So these, so the, you know, just, I can't even imagine what that must be like, uh, just walking through that, that rubble of seeing those homes. Because when we were, you know, of course we're Larry and I are down here in Atlanta, but it's, you know, we were watching that on the news. It's like everybody's listening to this podcast was watching on the news and it looked like a bomb just went off, you know, like Absolutely. a, like a nuclear explosion. I mean, everything was, I mean, that was an F4, I think tornado, right? So everything was completely flattened. Everything looked like it was off the foundation. There was nothing left. Yeah. Uh, so it depends on which, um, footage you were seeing the, here in Bowling Green, the worst of the residential destruction happened over off Russell road. Um, some apartment complexes and just some smaller, uh, we'll call it quicker built houses. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of rental community over there, and uh, a lot of those houses just got blown completely away. Um, yeah, yeah. But- I think I was th- I was going to say I think I, you know the, the the video footage that I saw was from uh, what Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfield looked like a bomb went off. You know, it it that was completely a disaster area. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, you know. And, That's, and, and uh, you know an hour when you, and a half or so from here. Yes, exactly. And and you know when you see that kind of damage, you know how powerful that that uh, that tornado was. Yeah. Those aren't those aren't everyday tornadoes. That thing really took that really took its toll, and it and it went uh, quite a ways too, right? Uh, cut two hundred miles. Yeah. So, but um, you know that. So you saw the, you know, like the homeowners and stuff. I mean, I mean, I can't even imagine. There you are, your house is gone, you know. And you're, what are they doing? They're standing there, right? I mean, what? Yeah. So some of the local community school or uh, elementary schools where these people, their kids went. Uh, you know, it's Christmas break. Uh, the kid or the school system, the local school system shut down early. Uh, said, let's go ahead and go to Christmas break. Uh, we'll do that early. And they just turned into shelters. Uh, they were taking donations and housing people. And, uh, it was pretty amazing to watch how everybody, I mean, the entire community came together. And we had uh, donation lines at schools that were so long they were having to direct traffic. Um, <laughs> and wow. It was something to see. Wow. So how long, you know, what was your, what was your typical, you know, what was the typical day? Like you got out there at like nine o'clock. When did you, when did you stop working? You know, well, when the sun went down, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, after a couple of days, um, the, um, my local church, uh, somehow, uh, I'm not even sure how this ended up happening, but they became head of the volunteer effort. Um, we turned an old mall into kind of like command central. Uh, and so some of our local pastors were just uh, basically they put out posts all over social media and radio and whatnot. If you're because everybody wanted to volunteer, you know, this is heartland Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to pitch in as much as they could. And so th- they were becoming overwhelmed with that. So we turned an old mall into the command center and uh, they said, here's times eight. 12, 2, um, or 8, 10, 12, 2. We're going to send people out every two hours. Just show up, and we'll put you together with a team of people, uh, and we'll send you 
to wherever. Uh, they were encouraging homeowners if they had any damage or whatnot, you know, send us in your request, what you need, and we'll send you whatever we got. How was how was the coordination with the authorities? Um, you know, I, I, once again, if, folks, if you've never been through anything like this, I mean, what we're describing, what what I'm hearing here is it's the whole community's out there doing all these all this great work, and you know, just where's the authorities and and how did that happen? You know, what went on with them? So they were mostly focused over off uh, the area where the rental communities were um, that got completely demolished. Um, it was still search and rescue for uh, at least a week, uh, which was wild. But they, every uh, a couple days would go by and they'd find another person still alive. Um, and so all of the fire department and the police department, you know, they're people that weren't. Um, you know, still doing their regular jobs. We're over there doing search and rescue type stuff. Uh, um, mm. So that they weren't letting people into that area uh, for many days, almost a week, I think, uh, because of how many people wanted to volunteer. It would have been a, a very chaotic situation, and they were trying to listen for people maybe uh, crying out for help or that sort of thing. Um, and I think a lot of people weren't prepared for what they would find um, as far as coming from a mm-hmm. volunteer standpoint, what you might see. And uh, so yeah. we're starting to hear some of the stories of people that came across some pretty traumatic things. Um, and yeah, they just certainly. weren't really prepared for it once they finally let that into, because after so long, they finally decided, you know, we found everyone that's come missing. So the volunteers could now come in and help start to clean up. And, uh, you know, they found, found more than they really wanted to see. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty horrendous. You know, I guess a couple things come to mind is just a just a uh, you know um, a handyman type of mindset here. You know, isn't there like nails all over the place? Isn't there down oh, yeah. power power you know lines? And I mean, you know, there's danger everywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're having to explain to people, you know, follow that power line back to make sure you know. When we were in the thick of it, uh, the first couple of days, you know, there was no power anywhere within a mile or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we weren't really so concerned with it. But as you get into day three and four and five, people are starting to hook up generators. Uh, they're starting to hook up, uh, get some power back online. And, you know, you've got the volunteers walking around, getting all up into the trees and stuff as I'm trying to cut. And I'm having to say, hey, watch this, watch that, you know, stay away from these things. Because, uh, you know, we had people and like I said hooking back hooking generators back up and if you don't know um, you know one when homeowners start to hook generators back up to their own house and don't know what they're doing they end up putting putting power back onto the grid um, and don't realize yep. that and uh, so that turned into a really dangerous situation for some people but luckily I wasn't involved in any of that yeah, that's a it's an incredible story, Dustin. Yeah, really, uh, yeah. really great story. So, um, so tell us a little bit about your about your business. Tell us about Odd Jobs in Kentucky, and just you know, give yourself a good plug because your your efforts in this uh, event were outstanding. I mean, really, really outstanding, and we certainly appreciate it. And what we need is more of this kind of activity, in my opinion. Um, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your about your business. Tell us what you do, and and uh, let's let's go down that road for a bit. Sure. Uh, so it's 
my business is called Odd Jobs of Bowling Green. Um, I started it in January 2016. Um, I was... Previous to this, I was in management for five years at a local grocery distribution center, and uh, just kind of became a dead-end thing. And uh, I met my girlfriend then, and she's now my wife. Uh, she was a physical therapist and uh, decided that I was going to go back to school, and I ended up in the entrepreneurship program at uh, Western Kentucky. And my outset or my goal was that you know she's a physical therapist i was gonna get an entrepreneurship degree and just kind of learn uh the ins and outs of running my own business whatever that might be and the thought was we were going to open our own clinic for her um when she was still working full-time i was going to school but i did have some downtime so i started doing this type of stuff on the side i think my very first job was um i cleaned some gutters for somebody for a hundred dollars <laughs> Looking back now, that was kind of funny because it was like a 7,000-square-foot house. And I, did it for, <laughs> and I did it for $100 because I didn't know any better. Um, and uh, it just kind of slowly built into, you know, I think I could do this full-time. And I, I ended up finishing my degree and was still, you know, I have a degree in entrepreneurship. But by the end of it, I was fighting you know, having to push back my schedule uh, with the work in order to still finish school uh, because it had just turned into something like there was such a pent up demand for somebody that could be seen. Uh, you know, handyman had been around forever, but in our new digital age, um, not a lot of them knew, at least in my town before me, how to get onto social media and really present yourself in a certain kind of way uh, for people to find you easily and know what you're about and kind of connect with you before they connect with you um, and so that's that's kind of where I got my start and it turned into a full-time thing you know um, I've been like I said I've been doing it for five going on six years now and uh, the last three years I've been named best handyman in our city um, and that's simply because I was the first one to get the best handyman category in the Daily News. Um, nobody had thought to do that before I did it. And then everybody was like, oh, well, we can vote on a handyman now. And then it was very gratifying to see that I got voted the next two years in a row. Also, the first year I was like, uh, I'm just the first one to even get nominated. <laughs> but this two, the next two years, you know, it felt like, OK, people actually do like me. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I. Uh, I love it. I, I love this line of work. It's something different every day. Um, I do smaller stuff. I work by myself right now. I don't have any employees. It's just me. And uh, I take on uh, anything that I, I feel I can do by myself, which sometimes is more than I should. Um, but you know, that's part of the challenge of problem solving. That's what I'm really skilled at is problem solving, I would say. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we kind of laugh. John and I always laugh. We call ourselves, I call myself a solution specialist, right? So solving problems is what, is what we do the best. You know, that's, that's what brings the best value to our customers, at least in my opinion. So I'm glad to hear that from someone else as well. Um, Cause it's just, it's just one of those kind of those business tips, you know, figure out how to get, get what, do what the customer wants you to do and get it done in a professional way. So awesome. Awesome. Tell us, have you done anything really crazy or unique? Is there any jobs out there you've done anything crazy or unique? John and I just finished a mobile pizza build, which was kind of different. Um, and so we're, 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 we're asking these questions because we find it fascinating. 
Yeah, I always get this question because uh, it's called odd jobs. Um, yes. That's what, what I named my business. And so everybody that always asks me, what's the oddest job you've ever done? <laughs> and I, I tend to blank a lot when I get this question because um, there's so many different random things that I've done. Um, some of the more strange ones, um, and it's not necessarily strange, but um, a lot of I've had two different times where someone's called me for a, a squirrel being trapped in some part of their house and wanted me to come get it out. And I'm like, that's it's not what I do. <laughs> I'm not the vermin control guy, <laughs> uh, but I did end up, end up strapping some uh, cages to the side of their house so that they would, if it ever ran back out the hole, it would be trapped on the side of the house. Um, I did that once. Um, you know, I, as I said, it, it always blinks me when I, I, I once helped somebody uh, convert a um, an old transit bus, not a transit bus, like a, a community city bus into uh, a dog grooming, uh, a mobile dog, dog grooming business. Oh, oh there you go. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Do you have pictures? Uh, it's been so long, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. I can go back and look through that. Uh, it's been three or four years ago, and I don't know that he's actually in business, so I'd hate for it to uh, be that anything I did didn't work. Well, we're going to invite people. You know, we we love the interaction that we have on our uh, on the Facebook on the Facebook page, and um, you know we we love to share pictures, and um, we're going to be doing more of that this uh, this coming year, but. You know, we just like to like to have this community, and and as we as we've talked here today, you know, you can tell this is a this is a real this is a really unique com, uh, community of 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 folks, this handyman group. Um, Absolutely. And when you read and when you meet other handyman and you meet uh, other you know folks of like mind there, it's it's really a it's really is a, a um, an interesting group that. Um, yeah, we do charge. Obviously, we we have to make a living. We do that stuff, but uh, we also have all these other, all these other skills that uh, you know will will help people out in in times of need, and um, you know, and welcome yeah. it. Well, awesome, Dustin. Definitely. Dustin, how can people get a hold of you? Um, so, I have a, a Facebook page right now. Um, <laughs> My website is down currently. I had it through Squarespace and I had it tied to a debit card and I lost my debit card and did not. I don't want to go through this part. Uh, but anyway, you can find me on Facebook. Um, Odd Jobs, BGKY. Um, and then uh, my email is the same. Um, that's about it. <laughs> That's about it. And and you're in the area that you cover. The area that you cover would be in the bowling, the, the bowling green. Yeah. So I only uh, service Warren County uh, right now. Like I said, it's just me. And um, you know, I, I I work five days a week, and I haven't had a day where I didn't have work to do in three years. Um, so I don't travel any further than I have to. I kind of mm -hmm. just stick to my small small area. Um, I have a couple special clients that I'll travel a little bit further away for. Um, but other than that, I stick to my small little community and that's how I like it. Um, no, don't disagree with you there. I have several groups. Of, yeah. I have several groups, uh, several other handymen that, you know, live in surrounding areas. And if somebody calls me from one of their spots, I just send it directly to them. You know, I'm not looking for a kickback or anything. It's just, this is the community that we have. 
Yeah. Well, well, good for good for you. The community's lucky to have you. Yeah, they really are. Thank and, you. And thank I appreciate you. That. Thank you so much for your service up there. You know, in in time of need. So, um, do you have anything else? Any last parting shots? Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, you know, I assume that everybody that listens to your show might already be a handyman, but if they're somebody that's kind of dipping their toes in and thinking about it, it you know, every day there's more and more need for us, fewer and fewer of us that do a, a good job and do it well and do it with integrity. And I think that's really the most important thing. You know, the pricing part is difficult in the beginning and you're going to have a lot of jobs where you feel like you should have made more and you just kind of work for nothing. That's part of learning. That's uh, part of growing in this business. Uh, if you just stick with it, you know, it's going to be worth it. But the most important thing is just do it with integrity. Be honest. Serve people first. Um, you know, talk to them. Have conversations. and you know, You'll hear what they really need. And if you can ever have somebody contact you for something that they say they need, and you see what it is that really needs to happen, and you can do that for them, whether it's handyman related or you just provide a network for them, uh, they will uh, they will support you for however long they're still here. Uh, so I think that's the key to that I've had a lot of success with is just networking with people and uh, helping them even if it's not necessarily with a tool. Um, you know, just be there for people and help them out. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's stay connected in our in our Facebook group and and uh, we'd love to have you you know back on. Uh, at uh, at some time in the near future. Sure. Um, you go and uh, and keep a keep a log on on any unique jobs that you do. Yes. And send I'll them do in. That. <laughs> you'll be hearing more about that. You'll, you'll be hearing more about <laughs> that. Yeah. Pictures. We're gonna we're gonna give away a, an amazing right. handyman pro swag package. So you know. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll go back through my picture files and see what I can find. Awesome. All right, Dustin. We want to thank you for being on the show, and we will see you uh, in the very near future. I want to thank Dustin for being on the show. On the show, John, what are some of the key takeaways? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a great interview, and you know, it it just shows you that um, you know what one guy you know can make a you know a difference, and 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 this is the handyman community. We talked about it with Dustin. Is that you know they, we've got a lot of good skill sets uh, amongst us, and it really comes in in into play in in, in times like that, and. You know, if you've ever been, um, and thank goodness I've never been without uh, without a house for for this for those awful reasons. Uh, but uh, there are times that you know that when other people step up, it really shows you know, you know that those those folks that they're not alone. You know, and it it really makes a huge difference in their life. You know, like they you go about your days, right? You go about your daily business, and you you interface with some people, but. You know, when it comes down to it and, you know, people then all of a sudden start to show up out of nowhere and 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 help you out. That's a that's a big thing. Yeah, especially when it's complete strangers, you know, in so many ways. Yeah, and, exactly. And and Dustin exactly. reached out, you know, he had a challenge with his saw and he reached out to the handyman community and lo and behold, the handyman community stepped up in a big way. And um, so, you know, my, yeah. my, my big takeaway is just how it's really great to see community come together in times of need and, and just, you know, random strangers just from all over the place, 
coming together to uh, to make a difference, you know, at, in a time of need. It's just fantastic. As I always say, you know, I said it in the show and I mean it. You know, it's amazing what one man in a truck full of tools can do, you know, as far as being absolutely. a handyman, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was my biggest my, my biggest uh, takeaway from this is, you know, it, you know, Dustin, when he stepped up, you know, he used the skills that he has. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the rest of the handyman community out there, we we would all do the do the same thing if it happened to our neighbors. Yeah. So um, I know I would. You know. I mean, yep. especially in the proximity. Absolutely. You know, I, I yeah. it was interesting to listen to him tell how his house started to rumble. That that would scare me to death, brother. <clears throat> yeah, that's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story there. And like I said, if you've never been through something like that, and I've never been directly hit, but it's been close enough to where it's been. Uh, pretty darn scary let me tell you and you 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 um you don't know how small and insignificant that you are when stuff like that happens (laughs) well john i i I thought i heard the other day i thought there was some rumbling outside your house but i thought it was a spaceship that was landing that's that was what i thought it was (laughs) yeah it was a it was a tornado no it was you know you know larry just uh when those when those uh those spaceships come down man you got to take them apart. Got to take them apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email, questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. Uh, you can go to our website. That's handymanprosradioshow.com uh, and subscribe to our newsletter. We've got lots of great information on maintenance, upcoming shows, events, and more. We do have a Facebook group, too. It's called at Handyman Pros. And follow us on Twitter also at Handyman Radio. And we want to thank you. And we'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show. 